Namaste. So we read the prayer of May 19th. So when we read that prayer, one wonders, he is waiting. So it is good to read what happened after the wait. And the very next day, something very interesting happens. Sometimes very good to read mother's life's life through these prayers. So on May 19th, she is in that state where she is like a veritable zero in the world. So she doesn't know whether this state is complete inertia or whether this is infinite patience. So she is waiting because mind has gone off to sleep. So nothing, it was this which used to give form concepts. Now there is nothing. In that state of nothingness, something will be born. Very interestingly, the very next day, May 20th, 1914, she writes, From the height of that summit, which is the identification with thy divine infinite love. That is what the breakthrough is within a, God knows, 24 hours or less than that. Because she has decided to renounce all individual perfection and she knows she is meant for all to give that light and freedom and joy to all. My spirit's liberty I ask for all. And she has completely abandoned herself at the feet of, we may say, her own supreme self if you want to put it very technically. (laughs) Because people ask, whom is she praying to? When the avatar takes a human body, so he is not all up above. That's how Shubindu writes in the mother that the mother has taken a human body and she is not all above. Partly she wails and partly unveils. That's the state described because she has to do the work here. She can't do it by magic and miracles. So she is teaching us the way of the psychic. And because of this state, suddenly several places we'll see a veil is rent and she comes out in a different way. So she has suddenly entered into a state of identification with thy divine infinite love. Now what is this love? Is this love to do with jumping, bhakti, ultimate? (laughs) What is this ultimate love and bhakti? Is it about jumping, dancing, screaming, doing some chanting, bhajans? Is that love? Now we read here what that love is. So when she reaches this ultimate identification with the summit of love, what happens? It's a spiritual odyssey. Sometimes I feel it's a great adventure that we are reading. So what happens there? Thou didst turn my eyes to this complex body which has to serve thee as thy instrument. From that height she is looking at the body. And what she finds, this has to become the instrument. And thou didst tell me, it is myself. Dost thou not see my light shining in it? She is not asking us to take care of the body out of fear. Shubindu says, one of the signs that you discover the soul is that you are no more afraid of death and you don't care what happens to your physical being. It is a state through which one goes. But here now she has to turn her attention shown. Look here. I am also in this body, in each cell, in each atom that is described elsewhere. And what does she see? And indeed I saw. You see, like an epic it is reading. All the epics that we read, suspense novels, 
pales into insignificance. Look at this journey from this she has risen to infinite summit of summit of infinite love. Then she turns. Then she sees there is the body, and then she hears that voice command that see me in here. And then what does she see? What does she see? And indeed, I saw thy divine love clothed in intelligence. In several layers, it will come intelligence. Because there is divine love, human intelligence can help us turn towards the heights. It is the task of the divine love. Divine love is laboring to carry everything upwards towards the divine. So she sees the divine love clothed as intelligence. We may misuse it. That's a different thing altogether. Then in strength, where does the strength come from, which helps us go through all that? Trials, tribulations, rigors of the journey—it is love constituting this body in its smallest cells and shining so brightly in it that it was nothing but a combination of millions of radiant sparks, all manifesting that they were thyself. Even in the cells, he sees love as the center. There is a story that was there about, you know, somebody is coming. Love comes on earth and wants to seek a perfect home. So usual story. First, it goes to see if any romantic. Say no, no, no. They are too selfish too. <laughs> then it goes into a family. Then it goes into a kingdom. Then much later, love sees a martyr who is fighting for a great idea, and he sacrifices himself. and love says here at this point i choose him as my home and there is another very interesting experience of the mother that there used to be this uh, tantric swami who used to come and so they you know do his own tricks whatever <laughs> that's a whole story chapter in ashram life very interesting chapter though so once he told amrita and some of these people used Amrita, because he was the manager, he was not very fond of him. But some people were in contact, so he told, "Tell mother not to bother about it. I have seen the titans, uh, who are the people who are trying to trouble her and trouble the work, and I have tied them. You tell her not to worry about these small things. She can take care of the bigger thing very proudly. Tantrics can do that. They can actually tie. You know, the other day I was saying that fellow." How these forces can work? <laughs> I was narrating the story of Sir John Woodroffe. He is passing a judgment, and suddenly he just couldn't concentrate half an hour, and he is totally confused. There is an obvious person who is guilty, but he is not able to pass the judgment, and then he he says he takes a leave. He says, "I don't know what has happened to my mind. I can't think. I can't uh, understand cogently." and then this fellow says sir the reason is there is a tantric outside on behalf of this guilty man this criminal he is doing a puja and you can't understand anything because he has passed on to you these forces of confusion that's how he turned towards tantra and he wrote under the name of arthur avalon famous tantric books shirbindo is immortalized by shirbindo in foundations of indian culture so there are actual powers so she sees that he has tied them then she laughs she says i looked into these titans and even in them 
I saw that there was a spark of divine love. They too can be converted. And he says, this is the problem with these people. They can do these things. But this is not the cure, this is not the transformation. Because how long will you tie? After some time, they'll be released. You can't, there's nothing like a permanent mantra. Permanence is only with the divine. Anything you do will always have a temporary effect. So she saw the divine love even in the titans. But here she is describing even in the cells of the body, she sees they are nothing else. But the divine, she sees them as millions of radiant sparks. This is an experience people do have. It can come very early in yoga. And you suddenly see a lot of these sparks of light moving all around. Very interesting experience. So we don't understand that time ki why it is. So what is it? These are those particles of love which are illumining the whole atmosphere. And now all darkness has disappeared. And thou alone livest in different worlds, in different forms, but with an identical life, immutable and eternal. Then she discovers everywhere there is nothing else but the divine. Even in the densest darkness, in body, in cells, in mind, in thought, in intelligence, in feelings, in the blue of the sky, in the green of the forest, whose is the hand that has painted the glow? Everywhere, in the strength of a man, in the beauty of woman, in the laughter of boy, in the blush of a girl, the hand that sent Jupiter spinning through heaven, spends all its cunning to fashion a curl. And then in another poem, all he loves, all he moves, all are his, all are he. This is the experience she has discovered. The divine world of thy immutable domain of pure love and indivisible unity must be brought into close communion with the divine world of all the other domains right down to the most material in which thou art the center and very constitution of each atom. What is she describing? She is not using the word supermind. <laughs> she is saying the divine world of thy love and unity. Love goes to Ananda and unity is what supramental world is characterized with. That must be brought right through the divine worlds, right into the very atoms of existence. We really don't know what she has done. And honestly, if you read these prayers, nothing else but gratitude will develop. What else is this but supreme act of love? And so she says, what is her work? Because previous one we have seen that she is saying that, you know, not only myself perfection but of all. To establish a bond of perfect consciousness between all these successive divine worlds is the only way to live constantly, invariably in thee. Accomplishing integrally the mission thou hast entrusted to the entire being in all its states of consciousness and all its modes of activity. Again, she is not using the word avatar. But one of the places she describes who is an avatar. She says there is a ladder of consciousness. And who is the avatar? The avatar can go up and down the ladder freely. Why? Because he is not just going through steps. He is holding the entire side in a ladder. You have this... So he can go up and down the ladder freely and therefore he joins the higher to the lower. 
and then she says even if nobody in the world knows him or recognize him he will still do the work she not using the word avatar but she describing that state where one has to join then only one can live always in the divine if it is dependent on that's why in savitri there is a line that if there is a conditional freedom it is not freedom if freedom means that i will not be born again how can that be freedom because you have put a condition there's the catch that means if you are born you are bound now take it to ultimate if i am born in a body i will be bound inwardly i may be free so again there is a conditional freedom so even the body must be emancipated otherwise all freedom will be only partial that's why the gods can't tie themselves to the human body so true freedom is where savitri puts it very powerfully when death says if you really know leave all this and you enter into that whatever that wonder state or that state of higher truth is oneness is then she says this this is freedom to hug the bonds close that he has put around my feet and yet be free this is very difficult one has to remain conscious if you go into a prison and you have forgotten that you are a prince you will be miserable <laughs> if you know that you continue to remain a raja and a prince prince is better raja gets into the head mother santan and you can remain free in all the states of consciousness even in the highest worlds if one goes even in the higher worlds and indra ji says that i will give you my seat so we will say i am a child of the mother all the worlds are my seat this is devotion <laughs> how beautiful it is to remain a child of the divine mother that's why kartike never takes indrapad he is devasenapati he is the psychic being leader of the army of gods to battle and not indrapad indrapad is still a ambition so one has to go past all these things so she says oh my sweet master is so beautiful this word sweet somebody was describing in savitri the maximum times yobinda has used a word is sweet sweet sweetness it's an aspect of the divine that's why we have madhura ashtakam krishna is all sweet adaram maduram vadanam maduram pada maduram vani maduram maduradipate <laughs> and because krishna is sweet all who love krishna be careful of diabetes that's <laughs> the reverse is not true it doesn't mean all who are diabetes are love of krishna <laughs> but divine is sweet so look how she describes this small little word we may just read oh my sweet master but look at how she is qualifying the divine not as a judge but as a sweet master see she is master but not a master like do don't i'll punish you no he is a sweet master <laughs> like shirobindo he is a master but a sweet master can i suppose this can be done sweet master so this the sweet master thou hast caused a new veil to be rent and the veil of my ignorance so what veil is rent now she discovered the divine love in all things not just divine wisdom vedant is about discovering that knowledge in all things mind you she has gone beyond <laughs> that's what she been the said 
she has discovered the divine love in all things. So she says, that's why when death says, no, knowing thou shalt cease to love, death challenges Savitri. If you know, you will stop loving. And Savitri says, I know that knowledge is a vast embrace. When I have loved fully, then I shall know. So she puts that beyond, you know, because knowledge is unity. What is the power that can create unity is love. Unity in creation, unity of creation with creator, unity with the creator. There is one power which creates unity like this and that is love. So she says, one veil has been rent and without leaving my blissful place in the eternal heart, I am at the same time in the imperceptible but infinite heart of each of the atoms constituting my body. And people say, mother has passed away. One of the biggest statements, false statements I find. I can still understand mother was born. Means she entered a body. (laughs) She took a human body. But mother departed. She discovered herself in each atom of existence. Within us she is here. And that's what we see in the Supreme. She says, you know how we work? In each cell, in each atom we are there. And Shurvindu opens the door and I do the work. She is there within us. At this point of time in each atom she is there. Now we will say, but we don't know it. That's our blindness. My knowing, not knowing it cannot be the criteria of truth. But she can be discovered. Because she is there, intelligence continues to strive toward the divine. Because she is there, our strength refuses to give up. Because she is there, peace can return to man's war-torn heart. And because she is there, men refuse to give up and continue to undertake the forward march. So she says, simultaneously, she is in the eternal heart as well as she is in each atom, constituting my body. Strengthen this complete and perfect consciousness. Now, this must be completely established. This is an experience, it must change into realization. That's the, what is the difference. Make me enter into all the details of its perfection and grant that without leaving thee for a single moment, I may constantly move up and down this infinite ladder according to the necessity of the work. So when that's why she could write, when I say I am with you, she says at that point in time, I am with you because I am you. Beautiful writing. And my child, when you plunge into the... Uh, You fall down and enter into the abyss. I plunge with you. I do not stand on the shore and watch and say, Oh, you made a mistake. You foolish fellow. She says, I plunge. And this is not about one person. She says, you may be here, you may be in France, you may be thousand miles, thousands of miles away from Pondicherry. It doesn't matter. Because she is in everyone. So she says, when you plunge, I plunge with you. But she is also in the infinite heart. So, simultaneously, she is engaging into this labor. And this is the infinite ladder of being through which she can move up and down. In one person, that's why people have these experiences. Somebody sees at one night that, well, there is a very dark room in which mother is there. And on the same day, another person may experience her in a luminous form. In each one according to the necessity. There is not one mother, but... 
One mother rather has become infinite mother. In each one of us, we carry something of her and according to each one's necessity, she guides us. That's why this fixed format way of religion, God came once and said, do this, don't do this. Each one in his own way. Today there was that message, now there was a message with that image. To each one individually, she leads according to the need of the soul. So she says that I move up and down the ladder according to the necessity of the work thou hast prescribed for me. Now again see, I just rejoice in what she has used the word prescribed. Can you imagine? Imagine a situation, she has gone to her own highest being and says, what is my prescription? (laughs) What is my lot? It says prescription. Give your love to all. You know that Savitri where she says that let us give joy to all for joy is ours. She tells Satvan when they return back. Satvan says what will I do now? (laughs) She says not for ourselves. Let us give joy to all. See joy is ours. Today somebody asked me this question. Sir, supramental ho jayenge sab log to kya karenge? (laughs) So when we become supramental, what will do? I said, you'll do much better work, much more work. You'll be full-time busy, don't worry. Because there is so much suffering and pain in the world. Right now, we are using all these complicated medicines whose names even doctors forget. Then what we will do? When somebody will come with pain and suffering and we'll just do like this. Or perhaps we'll just ask, where is the pain? And it'll vanish person will not even know because that is the supramental action upon earth. We'll make this world beautiful. That's what we are here for. We'll feel joy in a heart that is sad. Peace in a heart which is full of hatred and agitation. That's the real work. So, she says, this work you have prescribed for me. This is the experience that is needed for that. I am thine This is the psychic realization. I belong to you. I am in thee. This is the cosmos dwells within the divine transcendent. So, universal. I am in thee. Wherever I am, I am in thee. Thyself. Now the third is transcendent. I am thyself. In the plenitude of eternal bliss. So, all becomes anandamaya. I am thine, I am in thee, thyself, in the plenitude of eternal bliss. Namaste.